Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Babe. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. I got you to hold my hand. around. He wrinkles up his little nose. He sees a shadow. He doesn't see a shadow. It's nice. People like it. You are no, aren't you? Then put your... You you are new, aren't you? <laughs> You've worked with that guy, right? Yes, I we, mean, yeah, we, we've, we've worked we both with both of these people. Yes. We've worked yes, with Yes, that's the, so true. Oh, look, snow, you know, or oh, look, it's a traffic crash, or oh, I mean, whatever yeah. it is, right? It's so exciting. <laughs> look, they're singing the pledge, you know, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, also the... Uh, you're new. <laughs> you're new. <laughs> That's awesome. And the Chris Elliott guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Oh, and Chris is the Chris yeah. Elliott character. Yeah. Uh, you may notice a pattern this morning. Uh, no rewards for you if you notice it first, but you let us know if you see. 437-1620. I'll leave it at that. 437-1620. So, yeah, yesterday, um, uh, Chip Simmons hosting a, sh- a press conference, fairly short press conference, but, oh, my God, I had even in my, you know, you know, my job is to know the news. Even I had not kind of put all of this together in one place like he did yesterday? I want to give you an update of five incidents that took place over the last couple of days, beginning with a house party on Penn High. If you recall, we talked a little bit about this. There were about 100 people at a house party, and there was uh, shots fired in the front yard, and then there was at least one shot fired into the back or or at the back back porch. The individual that was shot in the front um, sustained non-life-threatening injuries, the, ins- the individual that was shot in, in the back of the house uh, succumbed to his injury. So we had one person deceased and one person injured. All right. So the events of the week began with on Sunday at Pin Oak at the uh, at the party. We continue to investigations. Uh, the investigation to that we have some video. At this point, what we know is we have at least four black males showed up with. Uh, uh, all in black with hoods covered, and they're the ones that, that fired the shots. Uh, again, I will tell you that in looking at some of the footage that there were people that were coming and going, not, not the ones that ended up shooting, but a lot of people had guns. A lot of people had guns in their pocket. A lot of people had guns under their arm. And um, we had up to, up to 100 people, there, as I mentioned before, and no one called us. We didn't receive any calls uh, before the, the call of shots being fired. All right. So you're at a house party with 100 people, let's say a third of them are carrying. I mean, I don't know. I'm just putting a number out there. He didn't, but I'm just, you know, said a lot. Okay. So you got, let's say, 30 armed people in a house party with 100 people attending. And four guys walk up in black outfits and black face masks and start shooting people in the front of the house and in the back of the house. And nobody calls the cops. What do you think's going on? I mean, what, you know, like, this is not a big murder. Well, it is a murder, but it's not a big mystery in terms of, like, this not good people, right? I mean, you can infer that from the facts as given. 
And I'm not saying anybody deserves to be shot. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, what did Sheriff Morgan always say? He always said it. He said, if you just keep yourself away from criminal activity and bad people, your chances of getting involved in something are really low. Right? Or you're going to a house party where there's 100 people, a lot of whom are carrying guns, and the kind of people that when there is a shooting at the house, nobody calls the cops, everybody takes off. Well, you know, if you make choices about what's likely to happen to you based on the people and the situations that you involve yourself in, right? Okay, then on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we had a report of a white male that had been shot and killed on a dirt road off of Blue Angel. Um, he was uh, in a stolen vehicle. That stolen vehicle was burned and has been burned, and uh, we are still looking into that that situation as well. We believe he is from Alabama. Uh, we have investigators working with the Alabama authorities, and we're trying to figure out exactly what took place, what he was doing there, what he was doing just uh, uh, previous to that. And so that investigation remains uh, open as well. All right, so one dead guy on the roadside off a of Blue Angel in a burned-up stolen car. Okay, then incident three. That brings us to last night, and we had a pretty busy night. Initially, we received a call from Peachtree Commons about shots fired. We found shell casings. We found blood there. We didn't find any victims there. While we were there, uh, two people responded to um, Perdido ER with gunshot wounds, both non-life-threatening. And so then, obviously, we expanded our our investigation um, into that. All right. So a couple of people shot somehow or other at Peachtree Commons, which is a um, it's a little bit lesser well-known housing project. Okay. Um, You know, it's basically one entrance, one exit. And uh, I I tell you, well, I I guess I'm here. I could tell you a story. Uh, So my wife and I go bike riding all the time. Okay. And uh, we, we I asked my cop friends, hey, is there any place we shouldn't go? You know, and they told us some places, and you would know some of the places that they said, okay? Um, and But nobody had told us, don't go to Peachtree Commons. So we're bike riding. This is like middle of the day on a Saturday. This is, God, like five years ago when we were actually still in Escambia County. And we go biking through there, and, you know, we're fairly friendly people. We say hi to folks or whatever. We're biking through there, and um, there's a group of, like, four kids, teenagers, you know, uh, black, a couple of girls, a couple of guys, and... You know, we smiled at him, said hi, whatever, as we rode past. I didn't think anything of it uh, until one of them said something to me. And I don't remember what it was, but it was something, you know, like sort of mildly pre-crime-esque. You know, it wasn't like, give me your wallet or something, but it was just like, you know, hey, man, what you doing? Or, you know, that kind of a thing. Okay. Right. And I didn't think anything of it because, you know, whatever. As we're dri- as we're biking out the exit, I happen to turn around and I see that kid is running at us. Like, and this is maybe a 14-year-old kid, um, and he's chasing us. Like, he's coming for us. I'm like, honey, why don't you bike a little bit faster? So we did, and we got out of there. But I'm like, what in the <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Like, what in the world, you know? Uh, and then afterwards, you know, I was telling somebody about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, Peachtree Commons. You shouldn't have gone there. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, live and learn. I had thankfully. to look up where it was. I, I live near there. Yeah. So that's, you know. You, you have to be looking comforting. for You, you yeah. have to be trying to get there, um, you know, Peachtree no, Commons. It, it's it's my David's. Catfish out, which is great, yeah. but uh, it, it, sometimes back I, in behind there, right? Right, and sometimes I've gone. Well, I can get home sooner this way and go that way, but yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, there's some. So, um, so that's like, just that's not a place that gets you know you don't talk about like uh, you know Oakwood Terrace or Pensacola Village or whatever, uh, you know. Or, no, it doesn't or get turned around like the village, but no, yeah. but it's 
anyway, uh, so back to the, that was one incident. Yeah. And then, so those two people were in the hospital at the Perito ER. And then while they're in the hospital. Where how this gets interesting is one of these victim's sisters gets in her car and she starts heading to the hospital where her brother is. While she's en route, she gets um, attacked by a dark blue uh, vehicle and her vehicle is, is shot at. But she does give us a description. She's not injured. But she does give us a description of the vehicle that um, that fired at her. And this is when the, the good police work comes around. So the sister of one of the two teens, I guess, that get shot, that go to the ER, she's heading to see one of the victims, her brother, and while she's en route, she gets shot at in her car. And then... Deputy Glass observed a vehicle fitting that description uh, around Fairfield Drive. Uh, starts to, to chase that vehicle, and that vehicle became disabled right on Fairfield. As Deputy Glass gets out, the suspect gets out of, of that dark blue vehicle that had been disabled, starts to run with a rifle in his hand. Um, he discards that rifle and then runs over into the Mayfair area. This is all happens between 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. So you got a guy who th they think was the guy who was shooting at her car, Gets out, runs away, drops his rifle. I'm inferring from later comments that it's a AR-15 style weapon of some kind, so this is not like your bolt action. You know, this is a little bit more dangerous gun. Uh, he gets out, he runs away, he drops that rifle, and we're now on a foot chase at two o'clock in the morning in Mayfair on you know two a.m. Wednesday. All right. Um, and and again, what really happens is the good police work is that we didn't give up. We had. Uh, probably a dozen deputies there. We had the assistance of investigations, our gun crimes unit. Throughout the night, he, he made contact with several people. This is the suspect. The suspect made contact with several people in the Mayfair area. He was trying to get into a house. He was trying to get into a car. He's trying to just find a, any way to get out of that scene because we had set up a perimeter, and we had several canines out there, and we certainly appreciate um, you know all of our canines being able to help. So you got a at least formerly armed possible attempted homicide committer running around Mayfair after midnight Wednesday morning getting chased by the cops as he goes from house to house and car to car looking for a way out. This is some pretty serious stuff, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I happen to be covering the morning uh, or the, uh, you know, after the Boston Marathon bombing, when they were chasing the brother through the neighborhood in right. Boston, I happened to be on the air when they basically when they were finding him, when they were chasing him. And, and and that's what it reminded me of. I mean, I know it is not that same kind of an incident in terms of, you know, overall historical significance. But, you know, I remember what I was thinking at that time. You know, you're just living in your neighborhood and somebody comes knocking on your door. Or somebody comes trying into your car and all that kind of stuff. That's what's going on in Mayfair the other morning. You know, and the police are all over the place trying to find this cat, right? Finally, at about 8 o'clock this morning, maybe a little after 8 o'clock, we were able to apprehend the suspect that got out of the car, that threw down the weapon, and was making his way through the Mayfair area pretty much all night. So one individual by the name of Tracy Posey, he is 19-year-old male. He has been arrested, and we're still working on what charges we'll, we'll uh bring to him all right so they've got the guy they think was shooting into the sister's car while she was going to the er to see her injured brother they found him over the course of six or seven hours of active searching wednesday morning and then 
A little bit later this morning, we have a report on Dogwood that we had two teenagers aged 14 and 17 that were shot. Uh, they were not seriously wounded, and we do not have um, any information on who would have shot them. So there's nothing forthcoming on that. However, we are going to investigate, and we ask uh, if anyone has any information on any of these cases. We do believe some of them are connected. We're still trying to tie all these together. We do believe that this stems from uh, an ongoing beef uh, that occurred probably two years ago, 2020, and now they're going back and forth. So we are looking for anyone that has information on who the suspects might be. Again, we do have one in custody, but we certainly think that there are others. And who are we looking for? What kind of person? This is what these people are doing. They're driving around. They're driving around with weapons. They're going to parties. They're going to parties with weapons. They're shooting at other cars, and then they're getting out, throwing those, car, those guns and discarding those cars around. And uh, these people are suspicious. Yeah, and so you, you, you know if you know these people. You're not like, oh, you know, I never knew he was like that. <laughs> no, you know if you know these people. And, one, you know, basically one of the reporters in the room had asked, well, you did this gun violence prevention roundtable that you guys are getting to serve a community and provide programs and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, do you feel like that's going to have an impact or do you feel like, you know, that work is being undermined by these events? I can tell you that if, if you have an individual that's going to go to a house party armed with an AR or assault rifle, um, they're unlikely to go to a program. They're, they're, they, these are individuals that are dead set on, on committing crimes and they're going to do whatever they can to, to, to see those crimes out. And that's why we need the community to help us. Yeah, these folks are past the value of the neighborhood cleanup changing their lives, right? But the neighborhood cleanup or the lighting or the services can get maybe these folks 10 years prior to this, right, and make a difference in their lives. 524 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out this morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information this morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. They personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Just happy to be here. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Saturdays, you get the Garden Line Encore at 9. At home with Gary Sullivan at 10. Swan Capital at 1. Let's go Pensacola at 4. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't 
chance of departure? Not 100%. <laughs> I was liking how on the like the third day, and he's like, 85%. It keeps going down. I love <laughs> on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, Groundhog Day. I'm Andrew McKay. Uh, it's Pensacola Call Morning News. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, it is a good day to be in Florida and not oh, yeah. the Northeast because bitter cold wind chills in the Northeast today. Uh, millions of people uh, are going to be dealing with that. Uh, all across the Northeast. President Biden and members of the Congressional Black Caucus meeting again today to discuss police reform and just saw this one, thought it was interesting. Frontier Airlines has announced a new all-you-can-fly summer pass for 400 bucks. Hey, shut up. No, that's for real. Yeah, they're calling it the Go Wild Pass, and uh, apparently you can uh, pick wherever you want to go and uh, book an unlimited number of flights. If you had How can the, we not if you do had, that? I know, if you had the time to do it, I mean, what do you have to... How many times do you have to fly to make that worthwhile? Like three, four on Frontier? You know? One. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, it's depending expensive. on the flight, It wouldn't right? take so, long to get your money out of it, that's for sure. I know. That's, wow. You know, you take a couple of trips, you're even. <laughs> Is this going to be like the Olive Garden Pasta Pass and there's only so many? Yeah, I, I kind of wonder more about um, like if a lot of people take advantage of this. You know, then yeah. what place do you have in line when you're trying to use it? You know, right. and well, I think there was something like this with a different airline not too long ago. I think it was this was what they were announcing. Or maybe that this it's was the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like you you're almost like on standby. Right. Where, yeah. You're right. definitely going to be lowest on the totem. You would think. Uh, it also reminds me of uh, what was that? Was it called Movie Pass? It was a couple yep. of years ago where you could go watch as many movies in the theater as you wanted. I think it was like ten dollars a month or something. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was like, "That's like a movie and a." quarter <laughs> you know right. that's that's not two movies and you're telling me for and and then it basically the company went bankrupt because there's no fiscal solidity to that model right they cannot make that work over time so okay you know good luck frontier and good luck for you if you buy one uh and i hope it works out for you hey thanks 528 on news radio 92.3 david thanks for the update yeah the weather here i mean you've seen all these stories about these hundreds of thousands of people that are out of power like in texas because of the ice storm ice ice storm okay people have died in this storm and if you look at it on a map it goes from basically not quite houston like north and west of houston it's like centered on more dallas and then east northeast through little rock right through the heart of tennessee up into like virginia and all that it's just a solid band of icy sleet snowy weather that is not going to affect us Okay. That's so we're, awesome. We're not going to get this. I mean, this. not because Texas is getting it. I'm glad we're right. Okay. I mean, this is a really, really bad storm that will not affect us. At least we don't think so. Uh, oh, in, in other weather-related news, how do, how do you like that green comet? Still can't see it. <laughs> is it still? No, it's it, yeah. You could have tried again today. Um, I, I guess Channel Three had somebody sent them a picture last night. It was a little clearer last night. I went out and looked because I'm Charlie Brown. I'll kick the football again and again. I went out and looked. I'm like, I can't see nothing. Um, I mean, I, you could see last night. But I couldn't see it. Okay. And then this morning I went out. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's all clouds again. So good good for me. Uh, if you do get lucky enough to find a clear spot for the next maybe week or so, you're going to have a chance. Um, it's, it's supposed to be north and west-ish. So horizon level up and then north north to northwest somewhere in that vicinity uh and if you get lucky then um i don't know text me your teeny tiny picture that your iphone took that you can't make anything out on because that's what you'll get uh 5 30 here on news radio 92 3 so nourishing with the uh, yeah, i'm so <laughs> it's so encouraging yeah, yeah you know go do this impossible thing that you won't be satisfied with uh david what do you have coming up sir jesse lacoste taken back into custody yesterday more after fox 
Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There are calls for police reform at Tyree Nichols' funeral in Memphis, Tennessee. He died after being beaten by officers during a traffic stop. Vice President Kamala Harris noted the contradiction of Nichols surrounded by officers. Tyree Nichols should have been safe. The five officers charged with murder, assault, kidnapping, and other counts are set to appear in court two weeks from tomorrow. Fox's Grinnell Scott. There's an agreement to expand American military presence in the Philippines. The American presence in the country has two objectives. To help Filipino soldiers combat a decades-long Muslim insurgency and now, crucially, to deter China's ambitions regarding Taiwan to the north and right across the South China Sea. Fox's Jonathan Savage, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, was in the Philippines for those talks. A new Fox poll finds 73% of Americans generally unhappy with the direction of the country, including 55% of Democrats. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne, 61. It is partly cloudy right now in Pensacola, and Jesse Lacoste expected to be in court at some point today. He was arrested on a warrant out of Okaloosa County yesterday. It is my understanding that just prior to this hearing, Mr. Lacoste was um, was taken into custody by Skimmy County Sheriff's Department. Um, so staff is requesting a continuance. Uh, that was during yesterday's Escambia County Contractor Competency Board meeting. They had been scheduled for a disciplinary hearing regarding Lacoste and an Escambia County homeowner that had hired him. Yesterday marked the second time Lacoste has been arrested in Escambia County on accusations of taking money for work that was never finished. He was also arrested once previously in Santa Rosa County. We're anticipating some more details potentially being made available today after several people were detained last night by the Escambia County Sheriff's Office. That happened about 3.30 yesterday when deputies served a warrant at a home on Gulf Beach Highway. Our news partners at Channel 3 are reporting the sheriff's office says they may not be releasing any information due to the potential impacts of the investigation. ECAD leaders set to unveil some new changes uh, next week. News Radio's Joe Ford has more. Escambia County's bus service will introduce the STEP program, which stands for Student Transit Empowerment Pass. The program allows students under the age of 18 to ride ECAD buses at no charge year-round. STEP Pass applications will be available online or in person at ECAD customer service offices. The application must be completed by a parent or legal guardian. To help with the program, the county bought three new 2022 Gillig buses, which are the first buses to be added to the fleet since 2014. The buses have the seated capacity for 23 riders and include Wi-Fi and can accommodate two wheelchairs and two bicycles. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. The governor's budget proposal is a framework for freedom. That's how Governor Ron DeSantis described the $115 billion budget that he announced yesterday. The budget for the 2023-24 fiscal year includes four permanent tax cuts for baby and toddler necessities, cribs and strollers, OTC uh, pet medications and gas stoves. The budget also includes a 5% pay increase for all state employees and money for infrastructure, workforce training and high-speed internet. The governor says the budget establishes freedom-first policies to benefit workers and families. Sunbelt Conference coming back to Pensacola for its men's and women's basketball tournaments. Tournaments will be held at the Bay Center February 28th through March 6th. Both winners will earn automatic berths to their respective NCAA tournaments. Individual ticket prices uh, range anywhere from $15 to $80 for adults, 5 to 50 
for children 12 and younger. 534 News Radio 923. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We're going to be seeing some showers overnight tonight with an 80% chance of rain. High today near 75 degrees, lows dropping near 50 degrees. A few storms could have some gusty winds through the overnight period. Showers will last into early Friday morning before they move out of the region. By Friday afternoon, we will have partly sunny skies with a high near 59. Temperatures Friday night dropping into the 30s, 38 degrees for your low. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News first morning weather team. Down to the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. Right now, partly cloudy, 61 in Pensacola, 61 in Gulf Breeze, 59 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. You can also listen to podcasts of all of our local shows on demand and get news and traffic alerts. Listen to local talk shows in the morning and afternoon drive and we're Pensacola's home for Brian Kilmeade. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. What's fun and happening in Pensacola? You'll find out as the City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation Department talks about it here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join us each month as we detail what's going on in your resource centers, parks, recreation programs, and at the Community Maritime Park. It's a great month to get out and play Pensacola. Tune in tomorrow morning at 9.30. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Looking to start a career or change your current career? Pensacola State College is the place for you. Choose from short-term, high-demand career and technical education programs ranging from commercial vehicle driving to medical assisting. Call 850-484-2000. Are you looking to start your education or to change careers? Pensacola State College is the place for you. We offer bachelor's degrees, two-year degrees, career certificates, and more, ranging from nursing to welding. Apply today. PensacolaState.edu. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. say that the military isn't our job, or we can realize that it's 40% of our economy, and what would we do without it? Um, so um, I'm, we're, you know, certainly we as a city are not going to sit idly by um, if there's needs or concerns that they have um, in, in, that we can be helpful in. Uh, I've made that abundantly clear that uh, we will play an active role in anything that we can do uh, to help. Uh, support the mission uh, at NAS. So this was uh, Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves talking on Tuesday at his press conference about a visit slash tour that he had at the Naval Base, NAS Pensacola, with uh, Captain Terry Shashadi, who is the commanding officer. Village, his call sign is what you hear him referred to a lot as. Yesterday we talked to D.C. Mayor. Welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. You bet. So, um, I, you know, I know sometimes you can know a thing, but then seeing it in person makes your knowledge uh, de- deeper. But you also see things you wouldn't have known. You learn about things you wouldn't have known. What did you get out of your uh, tour of NAS Pensacola, and how is that going to change what you do as mayor? Yeah, it, it, you know, I think you said it exactly right. You know, you hear about things and what are our strengths, what are our 
what our, our opportunities. And, um, you know, I was able to get a chance to go around uh, base and really more specifically, you know, look at some of the infrastructure that we have to, to serve mission, you know, so a lot of times conversation about around the base and the military uh, is focused and understandably so on, on museum access and base access. And that wasn't really the purpose of, of this visit is to kind of get a lay of the land. Uh, you know, I, I asked uh, the village was gracious and, and, and his folks were gracious to, uh, with their time uh, to let me uh, get a firsthand look at what's going on there. And <clears throat> here's the reality. Uh, you, you played that clip. Uh, we have to be an active participant in what happens at the base. What we know is it's 40% of our economy. Um, so, you know, to say, well, that's not us, that's someone else, you know, we have to do anything that we can to, to help. And, um, you know, I've, I've got concerns uh, about about the infrastructure on base and the, you know, the advocacy for our, our base and what it does for us uh, as a community. And so, you know, more specific to, you know, there's some, there's some hangers out there that, that, you know, if another hurricane came through um, that, uh, that are older uh, and, and probably couldn't stand too much of a major hurricane. And then you, then you play the game of what happens then. If, the, if, those, if those hangers, if that infrastructure is not operable, mission goes elsewhere and no one promises anybody that mission comes back. That can, that can include your normal training. That can include the Blue Angels. That can include a lot of different things. So, you know, I'm, uh, you know we're, we're a ways from that. But the point is, is that's, we, don't, we cannot sit around passively and say, you know, man, we hope the base is doing okay. You know, we, we've got to get out and play an active role. And I certainly... Uh, they are not on our P&L. They, they, these are not our employees, but we are going to uh, take a, an active role with our other community partners to make sure the base uh, is as strong as possible. Yeah, I, I hear at least three different dimensions of what the city might care about when it comes to the base, maybe four even. Uh, you know, one is uh, uh, obviously base access, but you said that wasn't the point. We know that problem. That's a problem I know you and other le- leaders are working on. Um, two is the education system, which you've mentioned in the past is not directly our baby. But, hey, uh, you know, you can say that the low quality education or the perception of it, whatever, uh, is a problem for the military and it's not our problem. But if we can do something, we'll do it. Let's see what we can do. Uh, third, we'll be making Pensacola a great place so that the military members want to be here and get benefits from our culture and our activities. And, you know, it's a draw. But then that fourth one is a very interesting one. What you mentioned is advocating for infrastructure spending and improvements on the base that, you know, the Navy can't go beg for stuff, right? You know, like, you know, sometimes a political leader can say the things that uh, maybe the Navy leader, you know, the Navy folks, they can't say. Uh, so I think that's very interesting in, you know, making it more resilient and thinking about what would happen if. My question is, um, you know, they took a half a billion dollars worth of damage from Hurricane Sally. I mean, it's bad. And I know the Navy's working on fixing that, but as prices go up and budgets are constricted, did the stuff that you saw that were you were concerned about, was it fixing Sally or was it prevention against a future loss that might jeopardize mission like the hangars not being resilient enough? No, that's a great point. And, and uh, there are Sally, you know, fairs happening for Hurricane Sally. And I can speak to this because it's the same concept in the city. What you have to understand about that damage and, and the, uh, the funding to repair that damage is that's to bring things back to pre-Sally condition. Right. That's not, oh, well, you took a hurricane. Let's enhance what you had. You know, and that, that goes the same for the city. When, when the city receives FEMA dollars, when, uh, you know, when we finally get going over here at Wayside Park, for example, and fix the seawall, 
uh, right by the graffiti bridge. We don't get to change the paint color. We don't get to, to make it taller. We don't get to add a breakwater with that funding. We return it to the day before salad. So that's the same concept on the military bases. So, it, you know, the hangars I speak of that, that are vital to mission uh, and AS, there's repairs happening. But those are repairs that are happening just to bring it back to Sally condition. So, you know, the reality is if they can't withstand a Cat 1 before Sally, um, then, then where they're going to be as we sit right now is not any better than they were the day before Sally. So yeah, That's such a good um, point, yeah. You know, that, we're, we're really talking about the enhancement uh, that can help maintain and perhaps, depending on what happens, help grow mission at the base, which, of course, you know, grows our community. And that's suddenly, I mean, I know we already know this, but it sort of reminds me of it really seems like a very short-sighted policy to simply restore to status quo ante when you discovered that status quo ante wasn't adequate for the storm. Why aren't we also improving in that process instead of simply restoring? You know, one of the things that you talked quite a bit about yesterday, and I'm a, I love this idea, is uh, turning uh, Plaza Ferdinand into a usable space where the Palafox Market South basically can set up camp with the, what, 50 or so vendor waiting list that they've got question though is if you look at the martin luther king jr plaza uh i think we'd have to agree that um it's not robust and green the way it maybe once was is there a concern that if you put a marketplace into plaza ferdinand that you might not also lose the grassy areas there same way yeah we've we have been um i would say uh, you know quite meticulous in terms of uh, trying to see any blind spots that we have here including uh, you know the, the tree canopy that we have that's been there a long time and is beautiful and um you know how we continue to you know still make sure we're not losing sight of recognizing um this as a historic place a very historic place in the city um so you know our, our arborist has been out there our parks and rec department's been out there i mean you know there's probably already some improvements um that need to happen even with with uh, some turf and some uh, you know day-to-day kind of operations as it is. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day with Plaza Ferdinand, if you can get a triple win in my mind, which is cultivate and grow small business, which I think, you know, of course is, you know, close to my heart. Of, right. Um, where I've, where am I, uh, where I come from, I guess. Um, but, you know, to give people the ability to make a living and start to grow a business. And when we have that opportunity, I think is, you know, important. And, you know, I think, the second part of that is understand that the that the revenue that the DIB collects for this Palafox market, as they do with MLK Plaza, is money that goes back in uh, to that park itself. So you know, no no quicker way uh, to you know be able to build revenue. And at the end of the day, you know, we have a park that's in the heart of our downtown that, ha- based on ordinance, is very very passive. So we get to look at it, but we don't really get no one is really allowed to experience it. So. Um, I, I've kind of treated this in my mind like a pilot project. You know, we're going to learn things, right? Yeah. I, I walked it, for example, and we had talked about a one, maybe on this piece of sidewalk, we should only have booths on one side, not the other, so it's not too congested. You know, yeah. we're going to work through those little things, but I do think we've you know got to get in traffic on on our ability. You know, and this is this is really five hours a week is what we're talking about. So we feel pretty comfortable that it's not going to be taking that day to day wear and tear that that would affect anything. But j- please understand, you know, anybody that has any concerns about it, we were all going to be monitoring that very, very closely as we start to see this thing get off the ground. And I loved your talking about how Tanya Day Broaden had said it used to be a Spanish market way, 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 way back in the day. And we're just bringing forward its historical use to today. I love that aspect of it. Um, quick question for you. 
I think this is the kind of thing that either the city already does, and if we don't, it's something that you would uh, agree is a good thing to do. We were having a conversation the other day about a um, a bidding decision in Santa Rosa County where they decided to go with the second low bid because they believed that the lowest bidder had done poor quality work on a previous project. And it raised to me the immediate question of, it seems like any time you hire somebody to do work for a municipality, there ought to be an after-action evaluation that says whether it was good or not, and then maybe if it's a big project a year or two down the road to see if the work held up, so that you really have grades for companies and you can look at that in your decision about to whom to award bids and contracts. A, does the city do that? And B, if they don't, does that make sense to you to start doing? I'm not aware, in terms of the city, I'm not aware that we do that. Uh, but what, conceptually, what you're talking about, I absolutely agree. As you can imagine, coming from the private sector, yeah, rarely did I make my decision on a vendor, rarely, because of a nominal difference in cost. Uh, you know, right. I want someone that can make sure that they do it right, or if something goes wrong, I can get them on the phone. You know, so you have to think about that. You know, what would we do, right? I mean, and so government is, of course, you know, you want to be transparent, and this is the this is taxpayer money, and you you have to respect that. But if doing something for ten percent cheaper and then having twice as many problems, it, is that really being a good steward of taxpayer money? You know, I mean, I, we can make a case. It's just difficult when when you have the the RFP process and and procurement and all these different things, which are very necessary. Right. You know, but the unintended consequence is to award the lowest bid. And, and look, understand, bidders know that. I mean, what can happen sometimes is you come in as a low bid, and then all of a sudden you get a couple months down the road, and there's change orders, and there's unexpected costs. You know, there's another side to this competitively that that puts the city at a disadvantage as well. Right. You know, and so. Um, it is a difficult situation to navigate. We want to be responsible with taxpayer dollars. But again, if quality isn't considered at all and it's only cost, are we being responsible with taxpayer dollars? Right. And, and, that, and that was that was the whole point. And I thought maybe this would be a way to help, you know, chip away at that challenge of making sure that we're getting quality and not just cheap uh, products or services in the process. All right, time for the uh, the lightning round. We ask you silly, ridiculous, uh, quick questions. Uh, when you're getting ready to go out the door in the morning, sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe for DC Reeves. Um, I can I say I keep people on their toes. Uh, uh, this, uh, <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, I switch it up all the time. I just it just <laughs> depends on depends on the day and if I've had coffee. You're a lateral thinking practitioner. I love that. Um, do you instinctively know your left from your right, or do you have a mechanism where you have to check to double check to make sure you've got it right? Like the like the two hands in the like air, the like L, the L, or the, the, yeah. Or do, I, the backward bell. Do you instantly know left from right, uh, or is there some mechanism? Uh, I think I inst- I've got it you know, for thirty eight years. I think I've got it covered for the All most right. part. Um, but you know, now that I have an eight year old putting both hands up, and now <laughs> I even double check myself now when I see her do it. So. Well, look, you know, my wife has a mechanism, and about half of all people have a mechanism. It's not instinctive for everybody, which I think is fascinating. Uh, last one yeah. is: Did you, like a little kid, go out and try to look at the green comet and get disappointed at the pea soup sky in Pensacola, or did you just think? Nah. Yeah, you know, if I remember to go look at that stuff, uh, <laughs> then then I I am fascinated by it. I, I went and saw the Path of Totality during the eclipse. You know, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Ago, out in Oregon, that was cool. Um, 
but uh, I, you know, someone's got to tap me on the shoulder, you know, like five seconds before to make sure I'm keeping track. But I, I will tell you, you know, I'm heading to Boston this weekend, and it's going to be the coldest day in five years in Boston. So oh, uh, it'll you. be the coldest I've ever been in my life. If we're talking about, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, nature, uh, mother nature. I got gotcha. you. Um, not necessarily looking forward to that. Oh, that's right. Cause you're headed to Harvard, right? First of two, uh, in, uh, events you're going to Harvard. Yep. We're going to Harvard. And then, yeah, I think Friday it's like negative seven uh, <laughs> or something like that. So, uh, oh, if I, if bundle I, uh, up, I have frozen, fun. Hey, real uh, quick. Will you steal me a Harvard napkin? Oh, nice callback. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. I'll, yes. uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to buy all my friends t-shirts, you know, from the bookstore so they can <laughs> act like they're students. Third oldest city in the United States. All right. Uh, DC, th- <laughs> thanks so much for the time, sir. As always, have a safe trip and we'll talk to you again next week. Uh, 550 right, here on thanks. News Radio 92.3. Nice callback on the napkin. That was pretty I well was done. serious. I know. And also funny. It's both. But mostly serious, <laughs> DC. 551. Do it on, for me. You're a constituent. 551 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Do you have a high school reunion or a big event coming up? ProHealth is here to help. Their new medical weight loss program can offer an array of prescription medications, including the shot, as well as unlimited nutritionist consultations, pharmaceutical-grade supplements, and detailed lab work. With locations in Pensacola and Gulf Breeze, ProHealth is ready to help you look and feel great about your gatherings. ProHealth was the Gulf Breeze and Pensacola Business of the Year for 2021. Visit ProHealth at ProHealthFL.com. As she stared at me through the window, I realized the time we spent in the backyard on her trailer just wasn't fulfilling. We used to have so much fun on the water. I just couldn't crank her up. But Key Marine did. Fun days on the bay are back. And my Yamaha outboard runs better than ever. Key Marine gets the work done and lets you handle the fun. Key Marine, your Yamaha outboard dealer on Bower Road in Pensacola. Google Key Marine or find them on Facebook. Hi, this is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel for the Chamber Connection Show that will keep you informed on what's going on with your Chamber of Commerce. Tune in this Monday morning at 10 to find out about our upcoming events, all of our different programs, and what's happening with our local business community. It's the Chamber Connection Show every other Monday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 923 AM 1620. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no yellow mountain we can't climb. Hey. Good morning, 553 here on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. It's a little chillier than yesterday right now. 60, going to be 70 later today. So another normal January day in Florida. Just, you know, well, February, I guess. Another February day in Florida. Yeah, sure enough. Uh, David, when, February. I know, isn't yeah. it weird? Like, we, yes. I, I, 
I think all day yesterday we didn't even mention it, it was the first day of uh, February, first right. day you know Black History Month, obviously yesterday. Right, right, so, right. You know, and then today it's uh, we watch a little uh, squirrel get out of his what's woodchuck? What's he called? A groundhog. Oh, a groundhog. All right, right, we watch watch him climb out of his hole and go through the whole shenanigans, which is I always one of my favorite things. It's just it's great, kitschy. Entertaining. If if they hadn't invented it in Punxsutawney uh, or Gobbler's Knob, you know, we would invent it in Pensacola. You know that's Like, true. that's the kind of thing we would invent here if we hadn't already had one somewhere else. 554, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Ukraine's prosecutor general says regional authorities now have registered more than 65,000 Russian war crimes since the invasion started about a year ago. Andy Costin said yesterday the crimes include indiscriminate shelling of civilians, willful killing, torture, looting, and uh, all sorts of others. The Ohio Department of Education investigating an online homeschooling network reports uh, saying that parents are sharing white supremacy messages as educational resources. According to media reports, racist, anti-Semitic, pro-Nazi, and homophobic posts in this are dating back to the creation of the homeschooling group more than 3,000 back in October of 2021. Yeah, they're reading like Hitler's writings and stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm always a little bit cautious, you know, at a distance, right. you know, to cast aspersions on an organization whose, you know, overall pattern, I don't know. But yeah, some of the things being reported are uh, <clears throat> mm. <laughs> that's yeah. a bit not, troubling. Not, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and police in Moscow apparently arrested an American woman for walking a cow through Red Square this week. According to a uh, judge in Moscow District Court, Did Alicia- you say Moscow. <laughs> That's what it says, Moscow. <laughs> Come uh, on, the Moscow cow. The Moscow, Moscow cow. cow. Yeah, Alicia Day, who is a uh, vegetarian and animal rights activist, was walking on Red Square using a calf as visual propaganda and shouting the slogan "Animals are not food." Okay. All right. Eat more chicken. Eat more chicken. That's exactly right. That's what the uh, Chick-fil-A folks say. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, another incident that, uh, I don't know if you saw this all, Candy, but the uh, another no. incident that happened uh, just over the last day or two is that in Iran, mm-hmm. you had a social media post on Instagram of this couple just dancing. Oh, the dancing. Yeah, yes. they're dancing in public, and, you know, it's, it's just this really adorable, romantic, I mean, it's a... Honestly, it's a G-rated dance, okay? It's not even like when you hear the story, you think, well, what were they doing? Well, they're just dancing. She's not wearing a headscarf, and they're dancing, both of which are illegal in Iran. Both of them have now been arrested, facing 10 years in prison. Hasn't Iran seen Footloose? No, apparently Don't they, they know are. that dancing no, is not a they, sin? They genuinely are. And they remember the, the rioting and protests that happened uh, over, over the last the several scarf, months for sure. over a woman who got arrested for not wearing a headscarf yeah. and then died in police custody, right? Yes. So, uh... God, no, that's so awful. That's it's, so awful. It's, it's, it's all to me. What I always try to remind people about is when you hear criticisms about America is repressive or America is, you know, you, you don't have all the freedom you should have in America. Okay, you need to get out more. Right. Like, you know, I understand you can always be advocating for better. Okay, you can always be advocating for more recognition of rights, more protection of people, more liberty. You, okay, no, I don't object to that. Okay, we're not perfect, duh. But when people start to just get all up in arms about the, you know, the horrendous repression and treatment of people, and you know, I'm like, um, so you understand that, like in Afghanistan, if you're a girl, you just don't get to go to school, and if you show up outside without a burqa, who knows what's going to happen to you, right? So in Iran, if you dance on a video, 
in, I mean, this is like, you know, because you, you might think, well, what were they doing in that? It's like very light ballroom, like people might dance at a wedding kind of, just kind of twirling around and holding each other kind of thing. It's just, I mean, there's no eighth grade um, dance chaperone that would even bat an eye at what they're doing, right? And yet that gets them thrown in jail, partially for the not wearing a head covering and partially for the dancing. That gets them thrown in jail in Iran. So, you know, you want to talk about real repression, real hatred of freedom and human rights. Uh, talk to me about the Middle East. Talk to me about, you know, Southern Asia. Talk to me about uh, some places in Africa. You know, that's where the real horror is going on. 558 on News Radio 92.3. Oh, and then we got word yesterday. Um, do you see this? There was a fight at a middle school basketball game. Like a whole bunch of parents apparently got into a brawl. I don't know what caused it. It doesn't really matter because when you find yourself in a fight with other parents at a you know basketball game, a middle school basketball game, you're in the wrong. <laughs> Just you know you're sure, in the wrong. Absolutely. Period. And a guy died, sixty year old died of like a heart attack because he was involved in the fight. Haven't you seen those fights though and, before? And I know. And you there, there is a part of me that's like, oh, that's so sad. And then there's a part of me that's like. Dude got in a fight at 60 years old at a middle school basketball game. You get what you get. I mean, you just, you know, like, there's be the heart smarter. Local talk during the day with Jenna Barr, 9 to 11, is on.